Good morning. Uh, we're starting to work on VBS uh, for this coming July, and uh, we are greatly in need of uh, some additional helpers, especially those that can help uh, maneuver small groups of uh, the children around the different stations. So if you're interested in helping out, please get in touch with uh, Karen Kress uh, or uh, Megan Miganko, or even feel free to contact the office to let them know if you're available. The Old Testament reading for this, the second Sunday after Pentecost, is from the fifth and sixth chapters of Hosea. I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face, and in their distress earnestly seek me. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us, On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. What shall I do with you, Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud like the dew that goes early away. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. For I desire steadfast love, and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the fourth chapter of Romans. The promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace And be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the inherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord, the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. 
As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus invited Matthew to dinner. And Matthew was a tax collector, a sinner. Tax collectors were notorious for taking more money than they should collect. But that didn't scare Jesus away. Jesus came for people just like Matthew. And Matthew wasn't alone. The Bible says other sinners came to that house to eat dinner with Jesus. Prostitutes came, sorry for what they had done. And Jesus welcomed them to sit with him and have a meal. Other people came who had affairs, people who stole. People came who had worshipped false gods. People came who had murdered and were sorry they had murdered. Jesus opened the door and let them all into this dinner. They were all sorry for their sins. And Jesus was so happy to welcome them. Jesus was welcoming people into that dinner who may have been surprised. They were invited to that dinner. Tax collectors and prostitutes did not normally get invited to dinners. Idol worshipers and murderers were not on the top of party invitation lists. And yet here they were on the top of Jesus' list. You know, they probably didn't think they deserved to be there. And they were right. They did not deserve to be there. But Jesus is merciful. And Jesus loves to show mercy. Everyone was at that dinner party because Jesus wanted them there. Jesus wanted to show them they were forgiven. Because they were so sorry for their sins. And to show that, he threw a dinner party. Jesus wanted to prove to them they were welcomed by God. So he invited them to dinner. Everything seemed great, but then the Pharisees came. And they looked around at everyone who was at dinner and suddenly had a very sour look on their face. Tax collectors were known thieves. They shouldn't be there. Why would Jesus let them be there? Prostitutes were actually sitting at the same table as Jesus. They were dirty. It didn't matter. They were crying, sorry for what they had been doing. Jesus was welcoming them as if all was forgiven. 
And other sinners were there, murderers, liars, adulterers. They were all at this party. All of them saddened by what they had done. And all of them surprised that they were being welcomed by Jesus. When you think about it, every single one of us here today has been invited here today. I don't think you received an invitation in the mail to come here this morning, but you were invited. Christ has called you to be here by the waters of your baptism, to be right here where you are today. And Jesus invites you today to be here at a dinner. Around our own altar, we celebrate a dinner in bread and wine. And Jesus himself is our host. Our dinner today isn't much different from the dinner Matthew the tax collector was invited to, along with all the other sinners. Because just like them, we may also wonder what we did to be invited to be here. We may wonder why Christ called me to be here. Did we do something to deserve to be called here? No, we did not. In fact, it's just the opposite. Being here today has very little to do about us. But it has everything to do with Jesus Just think of the dinner Matthew, the tax collector, was at with all the other sinners. They probably wondered why on earth Jesus invited them. And even more, they may have wondered why Jesus was not embarrassed to be seen sitting next to them. The Pharisees were also there. When they looked at everyone at that party, they were probably also wondering why Jesus invited these people to come to dinner. And that's when Jesus said to the Pharisees this quote from our Old Testament reading today. Go and learn what this means, he said to the Pharisees. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I came to call sinners, not the righteous. I wonder if they did what Jesus told them to do. He told them to go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I wonder if the Pharisees really chewed on what that passage meant. Jesus wanted to show love, mercy, to Matthew, the tax collector, who didn't deserve to be shown love or mercy. But that's why Jesus invited him to the dinner. It was about who Jesus is. And when it came to the prostitutes, he didn't need some sacrifice from them, but Jesus could give them something. He could show them mercy. Mercy is something prostitutes probably rarely saw in their lives. God wants to show love. God wants to show mercy To anyone who's hurting. To anyone who's sorry for their sins. God doesn't need anything. 
from sinful man. God wants to give, not to take. When Jesus was crucified, he embodied that verse today from Hosea. I desire to show love, mercy. I don't need sacrifice. When Jesus was crucified, Matthew the tax collector would have seen a love that no sinful person could ever show. When Jesus was crucified, the prostitutes would have seen a type of love where one person willingly dies for another. You don't see that kind of love too often in this world. When Jesus was crucified, the murderers, the adulterers, every other sinner Jesus invited to dinner would have seen Jesus offer a perfect sacrifice for all of them. As Jesus was crucified and dying, I truly hope they understood what he was doing. I hope they all saw Jesus was offering a sacrifice for sinners that he and he alone could offer for all of us. Jesus invited Matthew to dinner. Matthew was a tax collector, a sinner. Matthew could offer nothing to God. But Jesus' sacrifice on that cross, that offering has paved the way for Matthew to be invited to a dinner party with no ending. And Matthew wasn't alone. Prostitutes came to dinner, sorry for what they had done. They were not able to offer God the Father a perfect sacrifice, a perfect life. They failed. But where sinful man fails, God succeeds. Through his body and blood given into death for the forgiveness of sins, Jesus is welcoming every sinner who is sorry to come and sit down and have a meal with him. A meal in which he himself is the host. And you're invited to this meal. We may wonder sometimes, why did I deserve to be called here into God's church? What did we do to deserve to be invited here? To be invited into eternal life and faith? Well, the answer is simple. We did nothing. We did absolutely nothing to deserve being here. Today at this church, it was Jesus who opened the door to you with his crucified hand, and welcomed you into his home, all because of him. With a crown of thorns around his head, Jesus greets you every week and shows you that you are welcomed because of him. You are welcomed not because you lived a perfect life. No, you failed. I failed. Jesus welcomes you and all of us because he succeeded. And because of that, and simply because of that, Jesus welcomes you and lays before you his very body on a plate. And he gives to you his blood in a chalice. 
His sacrifice was given into death for you. So you could be here right now. And so that you can one day stand before him in heaven. Jesus really wants nothing more in life than to show love for you. Jesus wants nothing more than to show mercy to you. He doesn't ask for a sacrifice from you. No. All Jesus wants from you is for you to rest in his sacrifice. Given into death for you for the forgiveness of every single sin. And to trust that what he has done for you is good enough. It's just like Jesus said today. I desire to show steadfast love, mercy to you. Not to receive a sacrifice from you. So let's all come to Christ's dinner today. You're all invited. It doesn't matter who you are. Or what we have done. Because through Christ. We can all leave our sins behind. We're no longer slaves to them anymore. And through Christ. It doesn't matter what we've gone through in our lives. He's wiped that clean. He's forgiven us. Even if we can't forgive ourselves. He has. Because thanks to Christ, you are a new people. You're a new creation. You are a people who have been given a new life in him. You've been forgiven by the sacrifice of Christ. Jesus desires to show you mercy. And in this meal of the Lord's Supper that we'll have soon, he has shown you the greatest act of mercy you will ever witness in your entire life. The Son of God has died In your place. So on behalf of this work of Christ. Welcome to his dinner. And the Lord's Supper held today for you. You are his invited. Welcomed guest. Amen. And now may the peace of our God. Which surpasses our understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.